You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here solo for the final hour of the show, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern, as we do each and every day from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Of course, you can always check out the show on demand anytime you want. Just go to podcast, search for Scout Fantasy Sports, hit subscribe, and you'll be notified whenever a new episode is uploaded. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88, and on ScoutFantasySports.com. Made some rankings updates today for a lot of the position players. I will uh, go through the pitchers and some outfielders uh, today or tomorrow, but I pretty much update them daily as news breaks. So you can check those out. Use the promo code BATS50 to get 50% off your first two months. Dr. Ruddle's MLB preseason pro picks are now up. Mine will be revealed next week. We have our uh, uh, consensus rankings up as well as individual rankings as well. And um, I just posted an article on the cheaper Whit Merrifield this year. Whit Merrifield's going in the second, third round of a lot of traps. I have someone that can put up. Similar numbers going several rounds later, so you can read all about it and find out who it is right now. All part of our Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit, which is loaded with great content. Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around, is in-depth team outlooks. We heard from him yesterday. You can hear that episode on demand. So uh, just a lot of great content and articles where I look at players that have changed teams and what it means for their fantasy value. I have a couple breakout players uh, on the mound and position-wise, so just a lot of good content, and you could ask your message uh, questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want, and you'll get an answer, whether it's a keeper league question, a trade, draft strategy, uh, whatever it is, and of course, throughout the season with waiver wire pickup trades and anything that you have, scoutdfs.com, we got you covered for NBA, NHL, PGA, and of course, MLB upcoming, optimizers, and Slack chat leading up to lineup lock to help you with those tough questions. Also, uh, if you want to jump in a draft uh, and pre- help prepare for your actual drafts, which are coming up, head over to playffwc.com where you could take on either me or Dr. Roto and very little maintenance. It's 12 team leagues, and all you have to do is draft your team. That is it, and set your lineup. No waiver wire moves, no trades, nothing. So it's just a 44 round draft, 12 teams, and you set your lineup each week. And the season ends a little bit early, September 1st. So you can switch over to baseball, uh, football immediately. So this is really good prep, and they fly along. Uh, the first draft that I did was insanely quick, uh, and I'm going to talk about what I'm doing right now, which is also really picked up the pace uh, in round 15 right now uh, of this 44-round draft. So uh, definitely fun. Drafting is what we love. It's addicting, but obviously it gets difficult throughout the season to manage a lot of teams. So if you find like you want to be in more leagues, but – it just takes too much time. This is a good solution for you because all you do is draft and just remind yourself, you know, Monday morning, put a note, just set your lineup for the week uh, right before lineup block, and you're good to go. And you come back the next week. So uh, make sure you check it out, playffwc.com. We'll have Matt Bodeker from The Athletic coming up in just a little bit. He's in a ton of drafts, so he can give us a good gauge of the shift in players' values and whether it's appropriate or not. But uh, some news here. We touched upon it a little bit. In the previous hour, but if you're just joining us, uh, not good news for Royals catcher Salvador Perez. 
He has a right elbow injury, and there's damage to the ulnar collateral ligament. So he had the injury on Wednesday. He's going to get a second opinion in L.A. early next week before they determine what to do next. But there's a good chance that he needs Tommy Johnson surgery, and that would knock him out for the year. So this is a real tough blow for those that have already drafted and have Salvador Perez because the catcher position is absolutely garbage this year. Uh, there's maybe about eight or nine good ones, and after that, you just want to vomit. So what I've tried to do is get at least one good one. There have been times where I have not been able to. In the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, I took Wilson Contreras uh, in round 11. Uh, it was a catcher run that round. Before him went Posey, Grandal, and Ramos. So Contreras had a disappointing year last year, but I think he can bounce back, and it's a good Cubs lineup. So uh, I thought he was a little you know, a little bit of a value there in round 11. Uh, but Salvador Perez uh, in this draft, uh, I think he went a little bit earlier uh, in this draft. Yeah, he went round nine, um, second to last pick of round nine. So that's a, a real tough pick for that team because, you know, you felt you were getting a good catcher that could supply power. Perez has been, you know, a 20 homer plus guy. The average is come down a little bit but you know someone that is has been durable and plays every day and it looks like he potentially can miss the year so if you are drafting now make sure you are aware of that uh that salvador perez potentially could miss the year aj minter was removed from today's game with left shoulder tightness it's just crazy what has happened to the braves pitching staff this week again a lot of times we see these things early in the spring as players get used to playing the game again but Certainly, uh, you have to take caution here. And uh, Minter was certainly in the mix to be the closer. And if he is out, that could mean a Rodas Vizcaino. Or maybe the Braves say, you know what? Let's give Craig Kimbrell a call and bring him in. So definitely something to keep an eye on uh, as well. Chris Davis, you know, no one's really said it from the A's. I don't need to say the Orioles one. Uh, we're not going to really talk about him. But Chris Davis has been dealing with a calf injury, and he hasn't played in any games yet. Uh, they said he's going to do some running today. He has been hitting for the last week or so. So the A's start a little early this year. They open in Japan on March 20th. So we'll see if he is uh, good to go. Uh, we mentioned about Dansby Swanson. He was scratched today. He had left wrist soreness following batting practice, and that's not good uh, because he had surgery in November to remove some loose bodies from that wrist, uh, and he had some damage to the wrist last season. So not someone that people are taking in drafts anyway, but in draft. Champions Leagues or Deep Leagues, you, know, you could see him uh, being taken in some drafts. So it's just been a, a terrible week for the Braves. And then they have to see Bryce Harper sign with the Phillies in the division. So tough week for the Braves. Definitely things that we have to keep an eye on here as we are doing our drafts. And especially as people have their drafts coming up in the next two, three weeks, right before the start of the season. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about my Scout 44. And again, this is a little bit different from some of the other leagues that you might be accustomed to because I usually play in a lot of 15-team leagues, and the 12-team leagues are a little bit different. Uh, obviously, a lot more talent spread out amongst the teams. So this is a 12-team league, 5x5 five five roto with average, and all you do is draft your team. That's it. And the conventional 23 starters with two catchers and the nine pitchers. So nothing is different there. So I had success in this league last year. I was in four of them, won three, finished second in the other. Uh, so I have a good idea of what to do in these formats. Uh, in this draft, I had picked nine. I'm getting all late picks this year for some reason, although I will be 
Intel Wars on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, and I will be picking number two. Uh, because in that league, they give you the order of preference based on where you finish. So Rudy Gamble of Rasbol, he won the league last year for the second straight year uh, after I had won it two years in a row. I finished second in that league last year. So Rudy, of course, took the number one pick. I had the second choice, and I went with two. So I will have the number two pick for once on Tuesday night, and I'll let you know how that draft goes on Wednesday. So I had number nine in this one, and I had a... A tough decision to make because it came down to Christian Yelich or Ronald Acuna. Uh, I was a little surprised both guys fell. Yelich obviously is not going to hit for the power that he did last year, but this guy's a a really good hitter. It's an excellent park. Uh, And even if he does see a little decrease in power, he just helps across the board, has a high floor in every category. I haven't gotten Ronald Acuna yet, and I almost went with Acuna. My rankings have Yelich one spot above. Uh, So I went with Yelich. Uh, it was a close call because I do like Acuna and I think he's for real. But uh, it's uh, you know a tough decision to make there. That uh, either way, I don't think I would have lost. But Yelich uh, coming off that MVP, I went with him to start my team. Uh, second round, uh, I went with Alex Bregman. He's also someone I took in round two of the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. Uh, in this format, he has shortstop and third eligibility. So. It just helps me maneuver him around. I just thought he was the best player on the board. Uh, another guy that's going to give me a high floor and average, power, RBIs, and some speed. Not concerned about the elbow. I expected to be on the field and playing this weekend. So that combo just gives me a little bit of everything. You know, two guys who do a little bit of everything. Uh, so I already, you know, have some stolen bases, and I got a high floor for batting average, which is important later on. Uh, determining uh, what to do as far as uh, maybe taking on a risk of a power hitter uh, that might come with a low batting average, which is a foreshadowing of some things to come uh, because uh, a player of that caliber uh, fit into the roster construction. Round three, I I was surprised that this guy was there, uh, Andrew Benatendi. We've seen him go in the late second round of a lot of 15-team leagues. And Ben Attendee coming off a really good year and will hit leadoff this year. So more runs, maybe he steals some more bases. So, yeah, the RBI total might be down a little bit. But, again, lineups can also change. Certainly a possibility it doesn't stick in the leadoff spot all year. But, again, Ben Attendee, a nice high floor across the board uh, that's going to do a little bit of everything. And it's just nice to get three of those guys uh, in the first three rounds. Ben Attendee. 20-plus steals two years in a row. He batted 290 last year, 103 runs, 16 homers, 87 RBIs. So, again, we haven't really seen big power from him yet. He's just 24 years old, though. And, um, you know, we did see the uh, fly ball rate at, like, 35%. But just someone that helps across the board in a very good lineup. So I was happy with that start. Obviously, now, you know, what do you do with the pitching? Because, um, you know, I – I had the opportunity to take Trevor Bauer there, but the way I looked at it, there was Bauer, Carrasco, and Syndergaard. I said, okay, hopefully one of them falls back to me, and it did happen. It was Bauer went, Carrasco, and Syndergaard was there. So I took him as my first pitcher, which, yes, might be a little risky, but in a 12-team league, obviously there's more pitching to to go around, and I felt like I can manage uh, getting a couple more arms because I did it a few strategies in this league last year where I waited on pitching and I also went pitching heavy early. There was one league last year where I started Wookie Betts, 
Chris Sale, Noah Syndergaard, and Jacob DeGrom. So obviously that worked out in a major way. I just was taking the best players on the board, and I said, all right, I'll figure out a way to manage the offense. And I was, as the team did win the league. Uh, and in this league, uh, maybe waited on pitching a little bit more than normal. And it's just the way that the uh, the board broke. Round five took Gene Segura. Uh, this was obviously before the Bryce Harper signing. Segura, my guess is, hit second. I get, There's a variety of things they can do with this order. You know, Segura can hit second. He could hit fifth, sixth. I don't know. But either way, he's going to be in a top part of the order. Uh, another guy that has some speed. Uh, good average, and the counting stats are going to be good in this Phillies lineup. So uh, it just – the average is, is really good, and I got speed without really overpaying for it. You know, I could see from the first several picks, I could get 70, 75, 80 steals, which is just really nice to get when I didn't really sacrifice anything. Maybe the power is a little low, but don't worry. I make up for it. Around uh, six – Jamison Tyon is my second pitcher in round six. We've seen him go in round four of 15-team leagues. Tyon was sensational, and uh, I wrote an article uh, about him that you can check out. Uh, he was so consistent last year. 22 consecutive starts of three earned runs or fewer, and this guy was a high pick, uh, and it, he's just had a lot of injuries in his career. He had the testicular cancer, and you know, he had that surgery last year and came back uh, two, year, or two years ago. So it's just impressive of, of what he has done and what he's been through that he's been able to come back and battle through all this and finally produce that season last year. So I uh, really like getting him as my SP2. Round seven, I feel like I write this article every single year, and you can read it. It is about Nelson Cruz. He gets undervalued every single season. Now, what are these years? I'm not going to write that article for the next year because the age will kick in and all of a sudden we'll say, well, he finally succumbed to age. I don't see the signs there that says this is the year. He is 38 years old, but he's a DH, so he's not in the field as much, so that limits the opportunity to get hurt. doesn't mean he can't. I mean, he could easily hurt a hamstring, foul a ball off, get hit by a pitch. There's plenty of ways, but when you don't play the field as much, it certainly lessens the likelihood that you can get hurt as opposed to being in the field and collision, running into a wall, sliding into a wall, uh, just so many different factors in the field, diving for a ball, hurting your wrist. So we don't have to worry about that. And Cruz had 37 homers, 97 RBIs last year. The average did dip to 256. Uh, his batting average of balls in play did fall 264. That might be partly responsible for it because uh, his hard hit rate was the best of his career at 42.3%. So I think the average could rebound. I love the Twins lineup. I like what they did. I mean, they just made a lot of good additions. So, yes, Cruz is only eligible at utility in a lot of leagues, but I don't care. I want stats. I will lock up that spot around seven. People made this mistake with David Ortiz at the end of his career all the time. Don't worry about it. If you know the player pool, you will figure it out. Sure, it handcuffs your flexibility a little bit, but don't worry. Just draft him. Uh, I just think in the seventh round, he's his value is too good. This is an elite power bat, and he fit my team well. Even if the average doesn't rebound, I just needed the power uh, for what I had on my team. Round eight, David Dahl. I really like this guy a lot, and you have to pay for him in more competitive leagues. You know, I've seen him go in the fifth, sixth round of some 15-team leagues. Some are going to say it's too pricey. What has he ever done? He's got immense upside. The guy's 24 years old, and yeah, he hasn't stayed healthy, but this is a guy that can break out that you're getting 
in rounds six, seven, eight. I'm going to take the shot in, in that in those rounds. And also with the base that I have early, if Dahl is gets hurt again, it's not going to crush my team. So it also comes down to what you have on the roster at that point. But Dahl had a great September, nine homers, 27 RBIs. Just to give you a glimpse of his upside, he also can steal bases and he gets to play half his games in Coors Field. So it's just about staying healthy. So I really like getting him in that spot. And then round nine, I took Felipe Vasquez to get my first closer. People waited a little bit in this league for closers. And I said, since it is a, a league where you can't make any moves, let me get at least one solid closer. I wound up getting two. We'll talk about that at another time. But uh, Vasquez to lock in there as my first closer. They tend to go a little bit earlier in draft champions leagues, especially where you can't make any moves. So I was happy to get him there. When we return, I'll be joined by Matt Modica of The Athletic. We'll get his thoughts on Bryce Harper and what it does for fantasy. That is ahead right here. Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ron is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. Use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months and get access to the draft kit featuring myself, Sean Childs, and Dr. Roto. So make sure you check it out now. And also follow my man, Matt Modica, at CTM Baseball on Twitter. Matt, you can find him at The Athletic. Matt, what is up? Ah, uh, besides Byron Buxton, the weekend is here. <laughs> I know, man. It's crazy. Like, the Byron Buxton mania doesn't stop. So, I have the game on, and he homered to center field a little while ago. Then they were talking to him on the television. Uh, obviously, I'm doing a show, so I didn't hear what he said. But I did read a good article in The Athletic a few weeks ago about Byron Buxton and his offseason. Now, I think you have been a pro Buxton guy, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, you said you were getting him in the double-digit rounds in your early drafts. I know you do a lot. I got him in January, I think, 12th round of a 15-team league. So were you in on Buxton before all this spring hype? Yeah, for me, once you hit double-digit rounds, uh, just for the potential. Just for – and look, we know the speed is real. The guy runs like a gazelle. He could be a track star. Uh, you know – the bat has really never come to play except for little spurts here and there where we've been tantalized but ultimately fooled. And I think you, when you reach a certain point, like that 150th range and on, you, you're getting a guy that could, I'm not saying will, but could provide you, you know, 20, 30, stuff like that. And, you know, that's how, that's how you make your money in fantasy. Okay, we know he's going to be pushed up the draft board now. There's a lot of hype. Now, I think there are some people who are just going to say, I'm not buying into it. But I feel like in every draft, there's going to be a handful that say, yeah, this is for real. Like, where is the point where you say, you know what? He's overvalued in uh, the great fantasy baseball invitational that I'm in, uh, in the Champions League. So basically, they put all the people who won their leagues last year in one league. He went in uh, to James Anderson of Rotowire, uh, one pick after me. Um, I, I just, I didn't really 
have a need for him at that point. I mean, I could always use more speed. Who can't? But I went pitcher in that area. But fourth, fifth pick of the tenth round, uh, I think you, you think that's still good value. But where's the point where the hype builds and you go, you know what, I'm out? I haven't uh, calculated that yet. I didn't use you to come this quick on. Oh, it's coming, Matt. You better get your calculator out uh, tonight. No, it, it's it's here. Uh, originally, I'm doing the uh, ultimate auction in Vegas. And originally, I was thinking about maybe throwing Buxton out for a buck as a first player and see what, you know, people were going to think. But, you know, that's all – that's out the window now, of course, you know, what's, what's going on. And, look, you said the fifth pick of the tenth round. I'm currently in a draft champions. We're in the eleventh round. Uh, Buxton went with the fifth pick in the tenth round as well. If he would have gotten to me at the t- at the ten eleven turn, I would have definitely taken him. Would you take him in round eight of a fifteen team league right now? Uh, I don't want to say yes. I I think the one thing is if he can get on base. And, you know, not kill you in uh, average and stuff. I think he's going to steal 30 bases. So would I rather pay for Byron Buxton or Malik Smith? I'd rather pay for Byron Buxton. For me, the guy that I really want is Victor Robles. Because he's one injury away or at some point possibly moving up in that batting, uh, in in that lineup. And I think that's a kid that's going to give you double-digit homers and still your 30 bases over the course of the season or close to that. And, you know, those that stopped him last year, it was an injury, and that's how he got Juan Soto. Yeah, the Robles went in the sixth round of my draft, but this is a league where everyone got pushed up, where people were just not taking uh, the popular players that are name value. So uh, Robles, too, especially now, I think we all knew Bryce Harper wasn't going back to Washington, but there was probably mm-hmm. a, a period where we thought it now – his role is solidified. Speaking of Bryce Harper, uh, he's the guy that I think I saw his NFBC ADP recently was like around 20. I've seen him fall in the mid-second round recently. Now that we know he has a home in Philadelphia, does it change the way you view him, or did you feel the same way about him regardless of where he landed? Uh, well, I mean, the one thing I didn't want to see was uh, San Francisco. You know, that would have been something that I think would, would have hurt him. I mean, look, Barry Bonds was able to do it and stuff. But I look, I, I look at Harper differently than most. Everybody says he had one good season. That's not true. Two years ago, he got hurt in the beginning of August. He was having a phenomenal season. He's back like 320 at 29 homers. People forget that. You know, people always, nobody ever mentions that part. I mean, you look at his uh, on-base percentage, it's always close to 400. Uh, now he's going to Citizens Bank ballparks which I think is definitely going to help him there. That lineup is extremely loaded. So for me, uh, I was I took him at 20 last month when I was doing the draft champions, and I was really happy about that. I mean, look, there's other guys. I think, you know, Aaron Judge is there with him, Stanton and stuff. But, you know, I think Harper has that upside where he can bat 320 in a season. I don't think those guys can. Yeah, that is true, and I, I've said that about Harper, where we've seen him have a top three finish in fantasy, so we know he can do it, and he is 26 years old, good ballpark. So it's the outrage, the range of average for him is pretty vast. I mean, we've seen him hitting the 240s, but as you mentioned, 320. If he can put it all together, 
he certainly can finish as a top five player. And I guess even his worst season is not brutal. I mean, you wouldn't be happy with a 250 average in round one, but there is a wide range of outcomes for him. But the high end, and I know you play in a lot of overall championships, that is a guy, if you get end of round one, early round two, could potentially lead you to an overall championship. Yeah, and look, I mean, we talk about ADPs and stuff, and, you know, you can shift the ADP through various months, but now it's March 1st, and I'm going to tell you right now, as you were saying in the uh, great fantasy baseball invitational, you know, people were pushing guys up and stuff. Guys are going to get pushed up from this moment forward. I mean, for me, ADP is a guide early on to see how, how the market values players. And it basically tells me where I need to draft an ace if I want one, where I need to position myself in KBS. Otherwise, after that, I'm not saying pull guys up that are going in round 12 to round 6. That's what I'm not saying. But I'm going to move my guys based on my evaluations and draft them. You know, if I think the guy's going in the 7th, if a guy's been consistently going in the 7th, and I'm picking in the end of the 5th round, and I don't think there's a, a very good chance he's coming back to me. I'm getting my guy. I'm, I'm not worried about what ADP says or what some other analyst is going to say about me. I could really care less. You know, I'm putting up money. I want to win. And I'm going to, you know, as long as I'm writing the check, I'm going to go with my evaluations. I'm talking to Matt Modica of TheAthletic.com, and there seems like there's a little anger in Matt, and I sense that on Twitter today. So <laughs> I hope you're not referring to me. In your tweets, no, there. never, Ron, it's Okay, never. good. Just no, making sure I that we're on the same page. No, that was in reference to something that was basically targeted at me, which I don't mind, and use my name. And I stand by what I said before, and I put some tweets out today to reaffirm what I said. But, you know, you, you don't have to say someone said when you basically went back and forth to me on Twitter a couple of weeks ago on that same topic. <laughs> yeah, that you is know, true. To Just, me, it's a little bit of a bitch move. But yeah, I see. It. it's all good. We know that uh, you do put your money where your mouth is, and uh, obviously that's what matters here. Now, Luis Castillo is one of the topics, and uh, Luis Castillo is someone that I did draft last year, and he did have a strong finish to the season. Uh, I did take him in this great fantasy baseball invitational as well as my second starting pitcher in round seven of this 15-team league. Uh, you seem to be a supporter of Castillo this year. Again, if I'm interpreting right, tell me why you believe again. Oh, well, look, he's in the range of Jose Barrios, Castillo, Wheeler, three guys that I really like that you know could also fail uh, uh, again this year. That's a, that's a very possible outcome. But I look at Castillo, I look at a guy who failed in the first half, and he failed miserably. Uh, he made the improvements. In the second half, he changed the repertoire. He increased the change up in slider 10%, decreased his fastball 10%. I mean, the fastball, it's, he's got the velocity and stuff. He's got to figure out to improve that a little better. It's, it's possibly a grip, a tweak here or there, where if he's got that with those going with those other two uh, pitches, you know, this is a hell, of a, a hell of a starting pitcher that could be in your lineup. So for me, you know, if I'm going to sit down at a table and fork over a lot of money, trying to win an overall event, I'm going to take pitchers that give me high outcome possibilities. There's a chance. There's as good a chance Zach Wheeler, who's going in his range, you know, crashed the bed. I like Wheeler a lot. Uh, you know, I'm so happy of the season last year. 
and everything that he achieved. But, you know, he's no sure thing either. There's a lot to like about it, and a lot you could say, you know, he went seven innings. He only gave up, you know, one run in eight of his last 15 starts, two runs in 11 of his last 15 starts, the soft contact that he led the league last year among qualified starters. But he's still not a guaranteed investment. No, certainly not as a Met fan. I do like him, and I will take him in some spots. But, yes, that was the first time we seen him healthy in quite a while. But we know the prospect pedigree was there, and he lived up to it. Now mm-hmm. uh, you're paying for him to, to do it again. And he can, but like you said, there's also a risk of failure. Uh, Shane Bieber, I uh, saw so you took him in the Tout Wars draft and whole league. And he's a guy that I picked up off free agency last year at a great strike, strikeout-to-walk ratio. The ERA was four five five. A lot of the indicating numbers say it should be lower. Uh, what has you optimistic about Bieber this year? Uh, my optimist, my optimism comes from the team that he's on, the pitchers that they have on that rotation that have similar skill sets to Bieber. And he got the experience last year. I love having guys that were, were in the major leagues. They know the travel schedule. They know the clubhouse. All that, that's an invaluable experience. Now, his Babbitt was well-deserved. He had too much of the plate. He refused to walk anyone. These are corrections, and there are going to be slight corrections, and if he does, I think can really, you know, improve him this season. He's in the AL Central, outside of the Twins. There's really not a formidable lineup there as well. I love that he's got Brad Hand closing out games. You know, he's my number three closer this year. So I think there's a lot to I think there's a lot in place, and just a couple of minor adjustments can go a long way to his game. That's why I put him 25th in my rankings. One player that I've seen rise up a lot over the last couple weeks based on looking at his overall ADP in the NFBC, and that's Michael Conforto. And I think you can understand why. Obviously, we're both Met fans, and we see him quite often. But Conforto now, uh, I've seen him go in the fifth, sixth round. And you took him also in Tout Wars in the draft and hold. What can we expect from Conforto this year? Yeah, in the uh, draft and hold, which is OBP, I took him in the fifth round, and I thought that was a perfect spot for him. Now, in the fifth round of an average draft, it's a little more where I want to see him hitting, you know, higher, you know, improving that batting average. I don't want to worry about a 245 batting average. It's not what I really want in the fifth round. So you're basically betting on that the first half, and the reason I said away to Malaysia, Last year, the first half was basically due to the shoulder, and he had to recover and all that. Uh, I think, you know, the home run potential, I think he could hit 30. 40 is a possibility, you know. So this lineup is improved as well, too. He's another year older, you know, so that's another benefit to his game. And I think it's, you know, someone Mets fans should be really excited about. Yes, we know when Mets fans get excited, usually what follows. But, hey, look, they did they, they go to the World Series in 2015. You never know. But, man, this division is ridiculous, man. It's, it's just with the Phillies getting Harper now. I, I know the Braves have had some bad pitcher injury news over the last couple of days, but this division is really tough. Yeah, it really is. The Braves, though, one thing, look, I love the Braves lineup. Don't get me wrong. But I, I don't know why everybody, like, they haven't won in all these games. I I'm agree with you. I just, I just, 
I just said this to Dr. Roto. He's like, oh, I like the Braves. I'm like, to me, they're the fourth best team in the NL East. He's like, the Mets are better? I'm like, yeah, Mets have better pitching. I know the Mets Mets are that boomer bust team, you know? You could see where if everything broke right, how they could be good. But they have pitching. You know, if those f- top four guys stay healthy, where is the pitching for the Braves right now? Yeah, I mean, you're basically, they're basically needing Sean Newcomb to figure out his uh, control and command, which... Look, I think Sean Newcomb, if he ever gets that right, could be a hell of a pitcher. But we saw in the second half when the regression monster came for him, that correction was severe. For sure. And obviously, Gossman was good coming over from Baltimore, but he's got the shoulder soreness. Minter left today's game with a shoulder issue. Gohara, Soraka. So they have a lot of question marks right now. And again, they have the potential to be good, but... uh, I think people were probably putting them up a little bit too high to begin with. And I'm not saying the Mets are this great team either, but when you have DeGrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler, and Mats, and the improvements they made at the back end of the bullpen, and if Alonso can produce this power and some of these other guys stay healthy, there's a lot of potential there. You know, so Salvador Perez uh, is getting an MRI. It looks like he has some damage to his ulnar collateral ligament, which could result in Tommy John surgery. And whenever this happens, I always see people, well, you shouldn't have drafted so early. Obviously, we're both we're both on the opposite ends of that because we do drafts in January. But why is it important to draft early in your eyes? Because you're getting so many good values. And look, some people are going to get hurt. But the values that you're getting, the players you were drafting, I'm doing an ADP series over at the Athletic. Uh, the first two weeks have dropped. Monday will be the third installment of it. And I'm basically showing you, you know, how things have changed, you know, from the first seven rounds, from rounds eight to 14. And this week I'll show you the rest. And, you know, it, there really is a difference. And you really get a chance to get players, you know, because people, you know, somebody hasn't signed or, or this or that, and, or the word hasn't gotten out about a player to the extent it's gotten out now. And now you're going to see, like, a guy like Chris Paddock, you could have got in a, in a draft champions, you know, somewhere in the 30s, 40th round, something like that. Now you're going to have to pay for him in the top 20, if you ask me. Because there's such a buzz about him. Everybody knows him now. I mean, all the prospect people know about him, but now everybody knows about him. No, you're absolutely right. The year that Dominic Brown had his breakout year, I had taken him in round 34. Last year in Jesus Aguiar, round 29. So number it helps you prepare for your real drafts by getting mm-hmm. to know the player pool. And you're right, you get value. Injuries can happen at any time. What's the difference if you draft your team and the next day or two days in opening the guy gets hurt? This is almost the same. So uh, I'm on your side. I'm with you, It helps me get prepared for the draft. Like, we know the player pool inside and out right now where there's still some people who might just really be starting, and uh, they're at a little bit of a disadvantage. So always good talking to you, Matt. Hopefully I will see you sometime soon. Will you be out there for NFBC weekend in New York? I'll be at the Stewart Hotel uh, all weekend. I should be competing against you and Brian that Sunday. All right, there York. we go. We'll compete in the auction. <laughs> Byron Buxton, first name out. <laughs> All right, man. Good, <laughs> good talking to you, man. Thanks a lot, Adam. That's Matt Modica from TheAthletic.com. I'll come back, wrap it up with the night in NBA DFS. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here, it is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We've got you covered on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network with live programming from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern every weekday. Coming up next from 4 to 7 p.m., it's Game Time Decisions with Gabe Morency and Cam Stewart. At 7 p.m., it's NBA Takeaways with Chris Wells and Scott Bogman. At 7.30 p.m., it's the FNTSY News Desk with Dan Strafford. From 8 to 11 p.m., it's Calling the Shots with Keith Irizarry. So make sure you stay tuned, of course. Scout Fantasy Sports. We'll be back Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, myself and Dr. Otto for two hours. And you can always get everything you need. ScoutFantasySports.com. Tons of great fantasy baseball content now. We also cover the Combine as well. I have an article up. The Cheaper Wit Merrifield. You can get this guy several rounds later. Find out who it is. In addition, uh, a player that I feel is going in the fourth round that's overvalued, a breakout pitcher, breakout hitter, tons of content. Become a member today. Bats 50 gets you 50% off your first two months. Updated positional rankings, consensus, consensus rankings, and a lot, lot more. Dr. Odo's MLB preseason pro picks are out. Mine will be out next week, and Sean Childs will have his as well. Sean Childs in Arizona this weekend for labor, so we'll see how he did uh, over the weekend, and uh, we'll try and have him on next week to break down his teams. But for now, time to take a look at the night in the NBA. Seven games on the slate tonight, and we got a little bit of a later start, so you get an extra half hour to divulge and digest the information. 7.30 p.m. Eastern is the start time tonight. We kick it off. The Bulls are at Atlanta, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Vegas total of 2.30.5. The Hawks are favored by 2.5. This should be a game featuring a lot of offense. Uh, on the Bulls' side, several guys that I like here tonight. Laurie Markkinen has been playing unbelievable basketball lately, and the price has gone up, but uh, he's just crushing it right now, and uh, he gets a great matchup. Uh, because the Bulls are not good against bigs. Markkinen's 8-6 on DK, 9 on FanDuel, so I think he is in play tonight. Zach Levine is definitely someone that you could look at tonight. Uh, they are terrible against shooting guards, and uh, Levine is a guy I think you can use in tournaments. He just has an immense ceiling, so I definitely have some exposure to him in my initial Yahoo builds. 77 on DK, 83 on FanDuel, and uh, like Otto Porter tonight as well now he is uh, a little expensive on Fandle 7263 and DK more reasonable and I think he's 27 on Yahoo and uh, we know small forward can be a tough spot to fill so I'll, I'll take a look at Porter tonight uh, Robin Lopez has also played well uh, he's 49 on DK and 49 on Fandle uh, but on Yahoo he's $13 so uh, I would consider him so good spots here for some of the Bulls players tonight going up against the Atlanta Hawks. For the Hawks, how about Trey Young right now? Just crushing it. The price, 88 on FanDuel, 81 on DK. Uh, 
obviously with Jeremy Lin leaving, he's been playing huge minutes. He's averaging 39 minutes over his last four games. I think there was one overtime game in there, but still, he is just playing really good right now. The Bulls have been terrible against point guards, so I will definitely look at him in tournaments for that ceiling. I haven't really used John Collins lately, but I'm considering him here tonight. Uh, I think this is a good matchup, and uh, this might be the time where you can see him maybe have that breakout game. I know he's been pretty good in his last three, but this might be a game where he has his best in quite some time, and the price has come down a little bit. 77 on Vandal, 7 on DK. Um, and that's pretty much about it. I know Dwayne Dedman had a really good start last time out and then kind of struggled or, or, or finished slowly in his minutes or in the mid-20s. Um, that's really about it. I mean, Kevin Huter is cheap on DK at 35, um, but that's pretty much all I like in that game. But it uh, should be a good one uh, for, for fantasy purposes. Uh, we have the Charlotte Hornets in Brooklyn take on the Nets. These teams squared off just a few days ago. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Vegas totals 229.5, and the Nets are favored by three. Uh, Hornets have been playing well, making a push for the playoffs. And generally, I don't play a lot of Hornets, but they're in a good spot. I mean, this is a uh, should be a high-scoring game, and Brooklyn doesn't play great defense. So uh, I like a few players in this game. Kemba Walker certainly is in play, 82 on DK, 93 on Vandal. I've said it a couple times recently when I've been going over Nicholas Batum. I was like, you know, I haven't been playing Batum much, but he's in a good spot, and his price is good, and uh, we just have seen his usage rate go up, and he's playing big minutes. You know, they've moved Jeremy Lamb to the bench, and I guess that might have helped Batum a little bit. Um, so Batum is someone I would consider. 52 on DK, 61 on Fandle. He's 20 on Yahoo, so he's in play. Jeremy Lamb, even though he's gone to the bench, he's played 30-plus minutes in each of the last two games, and he's put up big numbers. So uh, the 30 minutes is the most important thing, uh, and playing a little more with the second unit, so, so he gets to do a little bit more. So uh, Lamb is someone I am going to use on Yahoo tonight. He's 53 on DK64 and Fandle. More of a tournament play, though, since he is coming off the bench, and you never know how the game could go. Uh, Cody Zeller, probably not going there tonight, but it is a great matchup. Uh, for sure, you can consider him. The Nets have been pretty bad against centers, and Zeller has been playing big minutes, so he's certainly capable of putting up numbers. He's 58 on DK, 66 on Fandle. More, more of a tournament play for me. Uh, don't remember the players on Yahoo. I didn't have him in my initial build, but maybe I'll have to go back and look and see if he fits uh, the build for tonight. For the Nets, Spencer Dinwiddie is expected to return. So uh, that just adds another guard to the mix. My guess is he probably has a little bit of a minutes restriction, but just makes it tough for the rest of the Nets. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, I always say it, he's always in play for tournaments. Uh, he'll he'll be low-owned. Uh, he's 93 on FanDuel, 85 on DK, a little expensive. Um, and that's about it. I mean, Jared Allen, 53 on DK, 67 on FanDuel, it's just... Sometimes he doesn't get enough minutes, but uh, it is a matchup where he can produce. So it's pretty much it uh, for the Nets, and that's generally how it's been for me lately when they're completely healthy. They had some nice value when they had some of those entries, but not there as much. So really, D'Angelo Russell in tournaments is what I'm looking at. The struggling Celtics are home to take on the Wizards. 8 p.m. Eastern, the Celtics are favored by 9. The Vegas total is 233.5. Celtics just look terrible it looks like they are not on the same page and 
Uh, they need to get it going. You could see something is not right with that team. Wizards, uh, Bradley Beal certainly in play. He's been carrying this team, and he definitely has a high floor. I know usually the Celtics have been pretty good defensively, but uh, they're going to need Bradley Beal to really go out and produce uh, in order for this game to stay close. Certainly he's better on DK, 87 there, 99 on Fandle. Trevor Ariza, not a bad play either. 58 on DK, 66 on uh, Fandle. And uh, Bobby Portis, I'm probably not going there tonight. I know he's been playing pretty well lately. Uh, The problem is, you know, the minutes here and there. Same thing, Jabari Parker had a good game last game, but only in like 21 minutes. So uh, Beal's probably the only guy that I'm really looking at. For the Celtics, Terry Rozier is probable to return. He set out last game. Uh... I've been playing Kyrie and Horford in GPPs the last couple times out, and they've disappointed, but I think you can go back to them, and they'll probably be low-owned. I don't know. The Wizards are a good spot, but I think people do have the recency bias and, and might think, oh, man, the Celtics are just something's wrong. They're not playing well. So I do think you'll get pretty good ownership, uh, uh, low ownership. Uh, you do have to pay up, though, 89 on DK, 99 on Fandle for Kyrie Irving. But, again, what you're looking for in tournaments is – the low ownership, and I think you might get it with those guys tonight. And I would definitely look at Al Horford, too. I mean, there's a lot of centers tonight, but Horford has the ability to go off. It's a good matchup, and if he plays 32, 33 minutes, he can explode. Uh, 64 on DK, too, uh, with the double-double bonus, 77 on Vandal. So I would consider Horford tonight. I am looking to get him in in Yahoo. I always find Horford especially at the center position where people are going to spend, he can go low-owned. And, yes, it was a dud the other night when they got blown out by Toronto, but that means that you get him at a low ownership, and that's what you want. Uh, you get him at that 6 7 8% owned, and he goes off for 40 or 50 you're in for a potentially big night. The Blazers are in Toronto to take on the Raptors, 8 p.m. Eastern. Toronto is favored by five for the Trailblazers. They're going to be without Enos Cantor and Evan Turner tonight. Damian Lillard, always capable of going off, more of a tournament play, but uh, not the easiest matchup tonight. He's 84 on DK, 94 on Fandle. Don't think I'm playing him tonight. I do like Maurice Harkless. I talked about him last time out. Hopefully you guys listened and used him. I hope I helped you. He was $11 on Yahoo, and he still is. He's talked about how he finally feels healthy. He's been playing uh, big minutes. Again, Evan Turner's out. That's going to help him. Uh, and he's cheap, especially on DraftKings. 3800 53 on Fandle. So certainly on DraftKings, uh, he should be a play. And on Yahoo at 11 bucks, definitely like him in this spot tonight. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic might see some more minutes with Cantor out. But again, there's better centers tonight. He's 73 on DK, 8 on Fandle. Probably not using him, but not the worst play tonight. Toronto... Uh, they're coming off a, a couple of good wins. My guess is Kawhi Leonard plays. You never know with this guy. They sat out so many games. He's 88 on DK, 95 on FanDuel. Not really prioritizing him tonight, but we know he definitely has uh, the big upside. He hasn't been great lately, but it is a very good matchup. Uh, based on this matchup, I would think Marcus Gasol starts. That would put him in play if he does. 52 on DK, 58 on FanDuel, so pay attention to that. And uh, Pascal Siakam, certainly in play as well. 7 on DK, 75 on FanDuel. The Pelicans are in Phoenix to take on the Suns. Uh, the game starts at 9 p.m. Eastern. 
The Vegas totals 237. The Pelicans are favored by five and a half. Anthony Davis will play tonight. He will not play on Saturday. So they've already said they will rest him on the back-to-back. So uh, right now uh, we know he's playing tonight, but how many minutes is he going to play? That's the problem, and the salary has gone down. I have not been playing him. Uh, He's playing around 20 minutes, and, yeah, he's still productive, and it's the Suns, and he could go off. But uh, if they're they're only playing him 20 minutes, I don't see how you play him. The price, though, is really – they're trying to draw you in. 68 on DK, 76 on Fandle. Maybe the – I would wait to see if they make an announcement. Like if they say, hey, we're going to play Anthony Davis 30 minutes tonight, but we're going to sit him tomorrow. We already know he's sitting. That would be appealing. I would probably use him in that point because it's just such a great matchup. And the Pelicans have one of the highest implied totals on the board at 121.3. I like Alfred Payton tonight. He's been playing pretty good. He's $20 on Yahoo, 56 on DK, 64 on Fandle. It's a really good matchup, high pace. And, you know, he's been playing around 30 minutes. They've said Drew Holiday was going to see a decrease in minutes, but they haven't done it. It's at least 33 minutes into three straight games. So uh, I think you can use him in tournaments because he has that upside, 7-9 on DK, 9 on FanDuel. Just keep in mind it is a risk because maybe they do limit his minutes, but so far they haven't. Julius Randle, one of my favorite plays tonight. He's been crushing it lately, and the Suns are bad against uh, Biggs. And Randle, I think is 32 on Yahoo, center eligible. He is 8 on DK and 88 on Fandle. So he's been benefiting with Anthony Davis on that minutes limit. So I like Julius Randle tonight. For the Suns, TJ Warren remains out. I like Tyler Johnson tonight. He's 16 bucks on Yahoo, 5 on DK, 57 on Fandle. Uh, so he's been playing you know, the 30-plus minutes, and it's a good matchup for him. So he's a guy that I would look to uh, get in there tonight. Uh, and... Kelly Oubre, you can consider in tournaments, 62 on DK, 73 on Fandle. It is a good matchup for him. Haven't been using much DeAndre Ayton lately. He hasn't been great. Uh, So I am not going to play him tonight. I think there are better centers on the slate. The Clippers are in Sacramento to take on the Kings. Two teams battling for a playoff spot in the Western Conference. Should be a fun game. Kings favored by three. Vegas total 238.5 for the Clippers. Patrick Beverly has been playing very well lately, playing big minutes over his last few games. I like him tonight. I don't think he's going to be highly owned. I think on Yahoo he was 16 or 19, definitely below 20. 16 or 19, I can't remember. 49 on DK, like him there for sure, and 59 on FanDuel. So I like Beverly. He's in a good spot tonight. I mean, I know people are going to attack this game, but I don't know if he's going to get the high ownership. Uh, Lou Williams, as I always say, in play for tournaments for sure. He's got immense upside, and this is a good matchup. So uh, I think he can uh, get it done tonight. He is 71 on DK, 76 on FanDuel. Uh, Montrez Harrell, certainly a good matchup here as well, um, and more of a tournament play. But the Kings have been bad against center, so Harrell is capable of having that huge game tonight. So I would like to have some shares of him. He's 64 DK, 69 on FanDuel. And that's probably it on the Clippers side. Zubak's been productive, but he's been playing like 18, 19 minutes, and he is cheap, but not enough minutes there to to use him. Uh, I thought he would actually play well uh, going over to, to the Clippers, and he has. He just hasn't gotten the minutes. I really thought that trade was going to help him, and it really hasn't. He has not played enough minutes. For the Kings, 
Marvin Bagley is out. This sucks. This guy was playing such at a great level. There's a lot here on the Kings side. Bogdan Bogdanovich, he's going to benefit uh, with no Bagley. 54 in DK, 64 in Fandle. Like him. Harrison Barnes will benefit. Uh, 51 on DK, 56 on Fandle. Willie Cauley-Stein has not been great lately, but I think with uh, Bagley being out, that should help him. And Cauley-Stein is 45 on DK and 55 on Fandle. Buddy Heald, I love in tournaments. 68 on DK, 73 on Fandle. And the cheap play is Harry Giles. He's 31 on DK. He's 48 on FanDuel. Um, so I like him clearly better on DraftKings uh, at 3,100. He's obviously going to take on a bigger role, and we saw it last game uh, for sure. The Bucks are in L.A. to take on the Lakers, and this game features a total of 238, and the Bucks favored by 4.5. Giannis is going to play. That's what the last report I saw, that he's feeling good and he's expected to play. He only played 24 minutes on Wednesday. So keep that in mind. They're trying to manage him. So he might not – I don't know what, about his minutes. Pay attention to the pregame reports. But, you know, he's always in play. It's a great matchup. But I'm not going to spend up for him tonight because I'm just worried about that minutes limit. I like Brooke Lopez. Good matchup against the Lakers. He's 5 on DK, 62 on FanDuel. He's played very well lately. Uh Eric Bledsoe, I'm considering on Yahoo. He had a triple-double. Um, I wouldn't expect that again, but it's a good matchup against the Lakers. He's 67 on DK, 72 on FanDuel. For the Lakers, uh, Lance Stevenson is questionable. Like LeBron James tonight, 11-4 on DK, 12-4 on FanDuel. And Rajon Rondo, if he's in the starting lineup, he's 5 on DK, 55 on FanDuel. Um, they put him in the uh, lineup last game, and they played well. So he'd be the other guy that I look at. And uh, Kyle Kuzma, I think, is in play in tournament 63 on DK, 7 on Fandle. So, again, just pay attention to all the last-minute news. There's always something that we don't expect that happens pretty much every night now. We got you covered, though. ScoutDFS.com, the optimizer, as well as the Slack chat leading up to lineup lock. And ScoutFantasySports.com. Promo code BATS50, 50% off your first two months. We got you covered to dominate in fantasy baseball. And the positional rankings are updated daily. So make sure you check it out. That wraps it up. Have a great weekend. I'll be back Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.